Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul. M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter, so. And I am on FetLife at Allen's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Allen Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Allen 111. And TikTok, Allen's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. We are constantly working to better our podcast in the content we provide, the quality of that content, and also by adding more educational and social opportunities for the community that follows us. The Kinky Tavern has added two new monthly events to the calendar starting this month in February. In our Discord server, we are hosting a monthly free-for-all Q&A social session. That's going to be kind of a chill discussion, video chat kind of thing, and that is hosted on the last Sunday of the month at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is free to attend, but donations are appreciated, of course, but not required. As well, we will have a monthly class with rotating and guest educators. We definitely encourage you to join our server, engage with us, and help us curate this podcast for the needs of the community. You! The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pup Wrecker. And I'm at least seven raccoons in a trench coat. At least. At least. At least. (laughs) Good to know. Thank you for coming out to us and trusting us with that information. I do like raccoons. You do. Okay, so uh, today we are going to be talking about, is it DS or DV? Today's episode, by the nature of its topic, will be covering abuse and domestic violence situations. If you're not in a place to handle this kind of discussion right now, please take care of yourself and join us next week for our episode with our friend Devin Stone. If you are experiencing a domestic violence emergency, please call 911. And if you need help or assistance with domestic violence, please call the National Domestic 
Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-787-3224. These resources will be linked down below as well. It can be difficult even for seasoned kinksters, even for psychologists and experts on abuse, to recognize the difference between DS, dominance and submission, and DV, domestic violence, in others' dynamics as well as their own. To add to the confusion, accused abusers frequently use kink as an excuse for what their accuser is saying. For example, in 2015, Governor Eric Greetens of Missouri was accused of abusive encounters which occurred over months. The woman testified in front of a House committee detailing how he abused her, kept her restrained and not allowed to leave, sexually assaulted her, and silenced her by threatening to release pictures which he took while she was restrained and unable to stop him. The House sees her as a credible witness, and her report is confirmed by three witnesses to whom she disclosed the abuse to. Greeton's ex-wife later admitted to several incidents of abusive behavior as well, such as taking her wallet, keys, and phone and stopping her from leaving her home, as well as physical abuse to his son. He's already been asked by members of his own party, the Republican Party, to resign, and impeachment was even mentioned. He finally resigned in 2018, after three years of ridiculousness. He ran for Senate in 2022, but thankfully did not win. He claims that BDSM explains these accusations, but he has still not gone under oath about the accusations by either woman, though they both have. The reason that I tell this story is because it is a very real occurrence that happens over and over again, especially in the celebrity world, especially in the politician world. Mm -hmm. Well, we see that. That's where it's public and able to be seen, more visible. But unfortunately, these types of things happen everywhere. And as seen here, it took three years for the fucker to resign from the position he had. And then four years later, he still ran for Senate. These people have this audacity because this is allowed. People are allowed to harm other people, sexually exploit them, physically and verbally and psychologically abuse them, and still think that they can be members of society, of higher society, leaders, and that's fucked up. So that's why I told the story, and we're going to talk about this kind of stuff today. BDSM kink and abuse can be hard to differentiate, especially legally. There's an important body of law that declares it legal to consent to certain types of physical harm, whether it's sexual or not. That was what Wendy Murphy said, professional of sexual violence law at New England School of Law. You can't consent to torture and you can't consent to serious bodily injury. People can be in the kink community and also be an abuser. It can go not reported, it can be not believed, it can be not cared about, and abusers who become leaders and create a culture where they can thrive. This is, again, something that is... It's, it's frankly ridiculous that mm-hmm. victims of DV have to be okay with this or just not be able to come to anything. Um, that is absolutely not okay, and that is not what we stand for here at the Kinky Tavern. Absolutely agree. The kink community is not a place for abusers, for consent violators. It's just not. You know, they could have changed and become amazing people, and that's great for them. I'm so happy for them, but this community is not a place for them. Community is a place where you can go to be safe and not have to worry about those kinds of things and be accepted for who you are. You shouldn't have to worry about if 
so-and-so is going to be there and trigger me and cause issues. Yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth. So what is kink and BDSM? How does it differentiate from abuse? Consent is always at the core of BDSM and kink. And one of the things that Planned Parenthood came up with to discuss consent and how it should be uh, received is FRIES. And that is an acronym. Hmm? Delicious. Give me the bits. So what does fries mean? Well, fries can also be delicious. So can consent. It can. Sweet, delicious consent. Now that was creepy. (laughs) So what does fries stand for? It is freely given. It is reversible. It is informed, enthusiastic, and specific. So we will cover each of these and kind of explain what that means. You can take a drink if you need to. No, it's okay. So freely given. So that means it's free from coercion or persuasion. So you are freely giving your consent to have whatever you negotiated to be done to you or vice versa. Yeah. So you're not being talked into it or persuaded. Right. It is something that you genuinely want to do. Yeah. Uh, It is reversible. That means that you can take away your consent at any time, which is completely valid, and you are not more or less of anything because you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, May have agreed to something yesterday or last week or earlier today or 20 seconds ago. You always have the ability to reverse consent. Some reasons you might reverse consent is maybe you don't feel safe with this person anymore than you did 20 seconds ago. Maybe you've learned something about the risk of your scene that you don't want to do anymore. Um, Or maybe you learned something about this person that, again, you don't feel safe with. Any reason to reverse your consent is valid. In kink or BDSM, you are allowed an in and an out. Uh, It can become abuse when your ability to revoke consent is not respected. This revocation of consent should be immediately respected and not discussed to try and persuade them to continue or come with any kind of consequence for the person who revoked consent. No way out dynamics do exist outside of abuse. Uh, These dynamics are heavily negotiated. The no way out is consented by both parties, the dominant and the submissive. Uh, Some of these dynamics also include a process to follow if one wanted out of the dynamic, such as going to the head of the leather family or for counsel. Um, I know people in these dynamics. <laughs> um, we actually will be talking a little bit about it next week with Devin Stone, which he is in a no way out dynamic with his slave. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful dynamic. And I've seen this dynamic work in so many positive ways because I think that an important thing that sometimes happens uh, and needs to be talked about is that we leave without like talking about it without Mm -hmm. like actually communicating anything and I think that these dynamics force you to communicate yeah which I think is beautiful but one thing I wanted to point out real quick is that especially if you have some trauma that you're working on or some kind of mental condition that you're working on um or, you know, just you're incredibly entangled. If you're incredibly entangled with that person, if that person has their roots deep within your life and your mind, it takes time to disentangle. You know, you can't just ghost unless there is abuse in which, you know, get the fuck out. But 
there can be a lot of entanglement that just needs to slowly be disentangled rather than a cold stop, if that makes sense. I definitely think it does. And um, most people who enter these types of dynamics are incredibly risk aware and often have very long, intensive processes to enter into the dynamic, which includes a lot of getting to know one another, education, and earning each other's trust. And these dynamics are consented to by both parties, meaning that the dominant also doesn't have a way out. Right. Uh, meaning that you have to communicate to be able to get out of this dynamic. And I have no problems with that. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely something that some people will use and abuse, this type of relationship, this type of dynamic. But there are also people who this meets their needs, both of them, on both sides of the slash. And it's really beautiful because while entanglement can be codependent and unhealthy, entanglement can also just be like a beautiful, loving relationship that is healthy. So it's just nice to see. Consent is also informed. This means that the people involved, both of them, should be understanding the activities that are happening to them. So exactly what's going to happen to them, how it's going to happen, and kind of understand the risks and practicality of that activity. So for example, if you are an impact bottom, you should be aware of where someone can hit you. You should be aware of your own anatomy. You should be aware of the risks that are involved, even if someone avoids those areas. So, yeah. Enthusiastic. That means an emphatic yes. Yes means yes. And I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess any kind of hesitation is a no. Mm-hmm. It, means it needs to be enthusiastic and emphatic. And, and there are times yeah. that say, say in one of those really entangled dynamics, someone is dealing with uh, some say it's me and I'm dealing with something to do with my trauma, which is causing me to do things that I don't want to do. It's causing me to say sorry too much. And so I agree with Wrecker that he can spank me for each sorry I said. This is not a negotiation. This is an example. I mean, that's going to be so many. I know. That's why it's an example. Uh. Wait, can I do that instead? In this hypothetical situation in which I would like pain to happen when I say sorry too much, which is way too much, (laughs) that, you know, I may not be excited about getting spanked. I may not be emphatic and enthusiastic, but it's something that I've agreed to. I am enthusiastic about what this is going to do for me. Another thing that the consent has to be specific, um, that the person knows precisely what will and will not happen. For the entire encounter, including leading up to the scene, during the scene, and aftercare. There are no surprises. This is me. <laughs> I, I have to be specific. Um, I am personally very specific about stuff like this. And I think it should be, especially for people with neurodivergence or trauma issues. We need to know what's going to happen. If something comes out that's surprising us, it might be something that's going to trigger us. Even just the fact that it's a surprise could trigger us. So that is the last word in fries. But I did want to talk about consent being equitable. For power to be exchanged, you must each have power. If you have no power, how are you going to exchange it? This can get very tricky if the power is unbalanced, such as one person having more power than the other due to their position in the kink community, in each other's lives, 
in the workplace, in school, their races. If if you are a white person and you are playing with a black person, you automatically have more societal power than them. It sucks, but it's something to work around. So I found a wonderful quote from Darren underscore Campbell on FetLife. They are a sexuality and relationship educator and coach. They graciously allowed me to quote their status that he made on FetLife, which perfectly articulated what I was having trouble communicating here. So um, I will link that down below, but here's the quote. It does not matter if you intend to be a community leader or not. If you are perceived that way, it will impact the power dynamics of every in-community connection you have. So whether you are intending to have power over someone or not, whether you are intending to have people perceive you as a leader, the reality is what matters, not the intent. And kink negotiation should be more of a conversation where you talk about what you expect out of the scene, what you desire to happen, and that should go on both ends, the top, bottom, dom, sub, whatever your power dynamic is. Mm -hmm. And this should also include boundaries as well. So yes, no, maybe lists your limits, hard and soft on both sides as well. So in kink, in a dynamic or relationship, you should be fulfilling some of the needs of both sides of the dynamic. So no one person should be expected to fill someone's every need. Uh, There are some things that may not be fulfilled through that relationship, through that dynamic, and some things which may need to be fulfilled outside the relationship. And that doesn't mean you have to be polyamorous. This can be through friends or social events, through play partners or other partners if you are polyamorous. This said, dynamics and scenes shouldn't only focus on one person's needs. If a contract looks like it's fulfilling one person's needs, but it is a healthy and loving dynamic, it could be that the submissive's needs are to please the dominant. And in pleasing the dominant, they are receiving what they need. So don't be so quick to judge sometimes. That being said, it also might be okay for you to ask if either party is safe should always be okay to ask if somebody is safe, no matter what side of the slash that they're on. Um, I think that some people take offense to this, but I take it as somebody who is genuinely like trying to make sure that I'm okay. Um, Absolutely. I've never personally had anybody ask me if I'm safe like in my dynamic and my relationships, but it should be more normalized to be able to ask if it's okay. You should always feel safe to ask somebody if they're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, abuse can be incredibly hard to pinpoint from within a relationship, let alone from the outside looking in. When originally writing this outline, I had a list of things to look for to determine if someone is being abused. That is pretty typical in talking about DV. Through my research and reading, and thanks to Devin Stone and Mr. B.B. Wolf, both conversations and writings, I've come to the conclusion that you can't. You cannot identify something as abuse with just a list of signs to look for. It is ridiculously hard to pinpoint, as Alan said, whether you're in the relationship or whether you're outside looking in. Um, And as Alan said before, if you think someone might be suffering from abuse, talk to them gently and don't judge them. Make sure that you are someone they feel comfortable talking to And hopefully, if they feel they are being abused, they can come to you then. If you're in a relationship, you should be mindful of things like, are you afraid of your partner or are you walking on eggshells around them? Um, Your 
partner uses violence when they are angry or frustrated. Uh, there are ultimatums to consent and safe wording. You are threatened with violence or abandonment. You are persuaded into doing things that you don't want to do. You are made to feel guilty for not doing what they want, even if you aren't consenting. Your partner makes you feel ugly, unwanted, or stupid, etc. Your needs are being ignored. You are made to feel like less of a whatever you are uh, for any hesitation or refusal. Uh, drugs or alcohol are involved in play or sex. What we mean by that is not um, like pain management, like what we do, um, or cannabis service, like another thing that we do. Um, we mean if somebody has to get you drunk or put you on drugs to you consenting to play. Um, cheating or coercion into non-monogamy, uh, if you are made to feel things without any knowledge of them, or full knowledge of them. Um, um, you are finding yourself confused about how things have happened because you're, you both have very different stories about them. Um, this could be like gaslighting or abuse denial, which is far too common. Uh, these are manipulation mm -hmm. tools. These are used to make you feel vulnerable to giving over control to them. So if you're feeling any of these things, you might need to examine your relationship a little bit further. And that's exactly it. It's not that these things are like run right now. Some of them a little bit. But some of these things like your partner makes you feel ugly, unwanted, or stupid. That could be internalizing. That could be your feelings. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a conversation. You should definitely go to your partner and be like, hey, when you say so-and-so, it kind of makes me feel like I'm not wanted. Or when you do this thing, I feel degraded in a way I don't want to be. And they may not realize that they're doing it. It may be something they're doing uh, with the best intention and it's not hitting right. So definitely have a discussion or like Alan said, further examine it. But also don't let your partner gaslight you when you do bring these things up. Some of the misconceptions about abuse in the kink community. I just wanted to cover these because I have heard them far too often and it's just disgusting. It's kink, so it can't be abuse. What? Excuse me, what? No. Well, he's my dom, so I'll do whatever he says. So this idea is super romantic, right? Like having a dom that you just, they're your god and you do whatever they say. Or if you're a top a dom, having a submissive that just does whatever you say without question. That's a really romantic idea for some. But you have to keep yourself accountable to your own consent as a submissive, as a slave, and not do things that you're not okay with. You should question each and every command. If it is something that you are not okay with, you shouldn't be doing it. I completely agree. You also have to remember like fantasy versus reality. Um, what is the reality of this situation in which you do everything that your dom says or your sub does everything that you say? I also think that you should be able to be called out on your shit. Even if you are a dom, I will still probably call you out on your shit. And most of that calling out is just to have a conversation. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about what's going on right now and let's examine it further and figure out something that works better for us. Absolutely agree. Another misconception is, but you agreed to be slapped and choked yesterday. Doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. 
it could just be that you're not feeling it today or something's not going right today, but you have a right to say no. Just because you said one thing yesterday doesn't mean it holds true for the next day. Right. Like if they're slapping you or choking you out of frustration mm -hmm. instead of in scene consensually, that's totally different. Yes. It also differs from person to person if you are polyamorous. Um, I can say that I don't always want one of my partners to choke and slap me. Uh, I would like the other partner to do it. <laughs> or just, I'm not feeling it today. That's a completely valid thing to say. And if you are feeling that way, you should feel safe enough to voice those concerns. Absolutely. And if when you voice those concerns, you are met with defensiveness and aggression, examine, examine at least. Because that's pretty sketch. Or submissive, so you have to like it slash let me. Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. Um, that is not okay to ever be uttered from anyone's mouth. And if somebody does utter it from their mouth, please give them a firm slap in the face. Don't actually do that. I don't incite violence on this podcast, but also. <laughs> on this podcast, they say. Yeah. On this podcast. <laughs> Being a role in this community does not mean that you have to do something or you are inherently supposed to be doing something. If you have not negotiated it, you don't have to do it. That includes being involved in other people's dynamics as well. If somebody is telling you to do something that is a part of their dynamic and you never consented to doing something, don't do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to follow somebody else's rules just because they say that they are rules. If this has something to do with like somebody else's body or something like that, then of course, take that into consideration. Even in polyamory, I can make a rule for myself and that is something that I have to follow, but I can't make rules for Wrecker or Alan, my partners. I can set boundaries, which say, for example, one of my boundaries is if Wrecker is to have unprotected sex with someone else, he must get a STD test before we are able to have unprotected sex again. This is also a rule for me. Yeah, it's it's one of our fluid bonding agreements, um, just so that we can keep everyone safe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's but that's a boundary. That means that I'm not stopping Wrecker from having unprotected sex. I'm just saying that if he does that, I won't be able to have unprotected sex with him without him getting an STI test. I think this is a boundary that we all have. Um, I think this is like a polycule boundary, but that was a great example. Yes. Thanks. You consented to the scene, so I assumed you knew it would end in sex. Red flag on the play. Yeah. Just because someone has consented to play with you does not mean that someone has consented to play with you. Sex is not an assumption. Sex is not an obligation. You can absolutely do fun, kinky things without sex. And if someone ever assumes you're going to have sex or tries to coerce you into sex or even does it while you're incapacitated because you are in scene, that is a consent violation. That is great. Yeah. Any talk of sex should be done during negotiation before the scene happens and consented to by both parties. That's another thing. If you are consenting, like if you are asking for consent for something in a scene, when someone is already in space, in subspace, in dom space, that is a form of altered mindset. That is a form of almost intoxication. It is a natural chemical intoxication, like a runner's high. Mm -hmm. So gathering consent at that time is impossible. 
I definitely agree, and also we have to keep in mind that there are kinksters out there who are asexual and might still want to do pickup play. Just because you assumed that there was sex involved does not mean that there is sex involved. Kink does not have to be sexual if you don't want it to be. This is why I kind of have the rule personally that if I haven't negotiated sex like in negotiations when we've talked about it, then there will be no sex to be had. Mm-hmm. I think that we all kind of have I this absolutely rule. agree. I think that that definitely goes into the not gathering consent in scene. There are scenes I've had with platonic partners who, in my right mind, I would never want to cross that boundary with them and become sexual. But that is a point at which, like I said earlier, if they're those changes, those if they're becoming like dissociated or cannot answer a question like that, they're definitely in a space where they need to be brought down and aftercare needs to be taken care of. And they absolutely cannot consent to a damn thing. Aftercare has been negotiated prior. Mm-hmm. You good? Ooh, no, no it's a safe word. Ah! Ah! No. Sorry, I hate that. I hate hearing that so much. I saw a t-shirt earlier on Redbubble that says crying is not a safe word. And while some people are into dacrophilia, some people do enjoy crying in scene or having their sub cry in scene. Consent. All about consent. No is a safe word. Somebody is saying no to you and you have not negotiated prior that this no does not mean anything, then it means something and you need to stop. You need to stop and evaluate where this person's at and how you're going to proceed. Because if somebody is yelling no at you, probably a good sign that they're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have have negotiated that those are words that they're going to say during a CNC scene or something, even then, like if something changes and like you can tell they're in true distress, It, it's not going to ruin the scene to check in on them. You know, if the, they may have forgotten, if you are literally doing a CNC scene where a safe word is the only way out, they may have forgotten it. And if they're in true distress and you keep going, that is literally traumatizing. So it doesn't hurt to check in. It, it can hurt to not check in. You're dressed like that for attention and I gave it to you. Fuck that. Fuck that and run the other fucking way. Um, consent is not insinuated by whatever you're wearing or whatever kind of attitude you have or if you're flirtatious or not flirtatious it's not okay to assume that this person is going to consent to anything that you want to do to them uh just by what they're wearing or their attitude Mm -hmm. so what consent is not clothing or lack thereof Alcohol or drugs being involved. Consent cannot be given if you are intoxicated. Um, Like we said earlier, you are unable to articulate what you want out of a scene and you are not fit to be in the scene. Um, And also your headspace also has a lot to do with it. Um, If you are in a headspace of distress, I have tried to play with somebody after experiencing something kind of traumatizing before and I personally don't think that I was able to consent and thankfully this person also did not think I was able to consent. That is being risk aware, that is making sure that your consent is enthusiastic and clearly consented to 
Absolutely. I, this is going to show a little bit more about my, uh, my history and mindset. Uh, but because of trauma, I always had a strange attachment to law and order SVU. And one quote that just popped in my head that I remember back when I was probably in high school or middle school, this just really hit me. Um, I believe it's Olivia Benson says she could run around naked. That does not excuse the rape. Simple as that. I could literally run around naked. And if you touch me, you're violating consent. Another misconception, but they're a reputable leader. They're a member of the community. So I have seen a great number of leaders in the past years and people who are highly respected in the community who are some of the worst abusers or are being abused. Just because someone is a leader does not mean that they are above reproach. These people who are quote unquote leaders, highly respected in our community, need to be ripped from their fucking pedestal, from leadership and from the community in order to make it a safe place. And the first step in doing that is identifying them. You can't continue to cover for these people. You know their friends are covering for them. Their friends know more than they would say. And they still help them be leaders, help them keep their status. So yeah. I've also seen spaces as being like a predator's playground. Mm-hmm. I've seen far too many spaces that are like that and far too many leaders of those spaces doing that. Um, it's just, it's not okay. And if you're a leader in this community, if you're viewed as a leader in this community, then you inherently have a leg up. Yeah. And using that leg up to do something sexual or do something that nobody has clearly consented to, um, it's not okay. And you should not be a leader if you're doing that. And I would say that even, even before the abuse would begin, just the things that they do to create the space where they're able to prey on people, to create a space where prey feels safe in the arms of predators, to create a space where their friends and their like second in command know exactly what they're doing and they support it. That all is, it's not the abuse, it's leading up to the abuse, but it's disgusting and it needs to be fucking stopped. So why isn't abuse reported inside and outside of the community? Well, there's a fear of being outed as gay, trans, polyamorous, kinky, etc. Um, there's also fear of not being believed or the reality of not being believed, because I can guarantee you that if I went up to certain community leaders and I told them that some of their leaders did something like this, they would not believe me. Yeah. And it would go unreported because they did not believe me. Yeah. That is not ever on the victim. That is on the leadership 100%. Mm-hmm. Guilt for not having caused it. So blaming yourself for being kinky or being confused about your own consent. That is still... If something happened that you are not okay with, that is still a consent violation, regardless of if you are in a kinky situation or if you are unsure about your consent, it's enthusiastic consent or nothing, unless you've mm -hmm. negotiated otherwise. Yeah. You could feel guilt for staying with the abuser, but you also have to realize that 
they have manipulated you for a reason. And yeah. you being manipulated is not something that you should feel ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you should feel guilty about. I was also going to say that abusers do not only groom their victims. They're not only charismatic to their victims. They groom witnesses, character witnesses. They groom people who think they may have friends nearby that know what they're doing and support that, but they also have friends nearby that never in a million years would they do that. Never. How dare you say something about them? I've seen it firsthand. It's all that charisma. Yeah. And what did we say about charismatic leaders last time? We don't trust them. I don't, at least. Th- this this podcast does not trust them. <laughs> uh, desensitized to violence, and this is not in kink, but violence in sex, or thinks it's normal due to media's perception of kink slash BDSM. I implore anybody who is interested in kink or BDSM to actually, like, take classes from kinksters that are reputable and to try to find those spaces in which you feel safe so that Mm -hmm. you're not relying on media's depiction of kink or BDSM. You're seeing it in real life. You are seeing the fantasy and you're also learning the reality of what that is. Absolutely. And I also like, don't put your full trust in someone. You may trust someone as a friend and as an educator, but if you're not able to find that information elsewhere, if you're not able to cross-reference that mm-hmm. or get resources from them, they're probably manipulating you. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say is make sure you do your research and follow up with the things that the person that you're talking to is telling you. Mm-hmm. And Do I want to have a community where any newbie can come in, feel safe, be safe, find a mentor who's understanding and not manipulative and going to tell you the truth about everything and be well informed and not miseducated. I do want that world. I do want that kink community, but that's not what we have right now. And so if you are getting your information from one single source, make sure you're cross-referencing it somewhere. Make sure that what they're telling you is completely truthful because that's a really, really easy way. That's, that is how cults manipulate. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of culty, cult-like behavior. And maybe it's that there's a lot of abuse in cults. And since I started out seeing cult abuse, I see abuse in the kink community. And it reminds me of the way that cults abused. But either way, it's manipulative. It's abusive. It's exploitative. Yeah. And if you are a newbie who does need a community that is safe and welcoming to all people, um, we have a lot of different Discord servers that we can recommend along with our own Discord server. Um, we do have classes on the Discord server. We teach classes. We have spaces in which you can interact positively with other kinksters. Um, there are other communities besides in-person communities. And if you don't feel safe in your in-person community, that is completely valid. Mm-hmm. And sometimes make you feel ousted from your communities for a reason because you're loud you're stirring the pot and you're stirring the pot they don't like that um and if your community is not listening to you like we said in the last episode that is grounds for announcing that that is grounds for telling them that you need to talk 
Um, and that is grounds for leaving. If you need to mm-hmm. leave, leave. Because community can also be abusive mm-hmm. and toxic. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Ellen said, if you come to us asking for places to go that you can feel safe or resources, we'll provide you those. We aren't going to be like, well, you have to come to our Discord server. We would love to have you. Please come join our Discord server. But I'm also going to tell you that uh, Phrygian Monk has a wonderful Discord server called The Monastery. And there's this wonderful Discord server I just uh, joined called Reimagined Kink Communities, in which we talk about all of these things. Like I just joined the server and I was looking through the resource directory they have, which is amazing. And I'm just so tickled. Like it's talking about the social issues within kink, the psychological, sociological issues within kink. And it's just awesome. Anyway, uh, sorry, I found it today and I got excited. No worries. There's also other podcasts, other YouTube channels, other blogs that you can find just for through talking with us or our resource list, which is listed in the description. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can recommend so many other servers besides ours. Um, can also recommend other like places where you can find community, like House of Kush has really really awesome classes they also sometimes have social hours um and so there's more than just us to go to and again if your community is only like recommending themselves that's kind of a red flag um likewise for other leaders if they are only recommending themselves that is a huge red flag yeah if you are in a space and say say you're in a space in Timbuktu, right? We're just a place. And in Timbuktu, there are three play spaces. And you go to play space A. If play space A is talking major shit on play space B and C and telling you that they are not good places to go, maybe look into them a little more. Look into the all A, B, and C. Look into them because that can be a red flag. It could be someone sharing information to help keep you safe. Or it could be someone sharing information to keep you close. Yeah. All right. Do all the research. Yeah. Research, research, research. Is that everything we want to cover, guys? Yeah. Okay. I think so. We've been going for a while. So. I know. This is going to be a longer one, which I'm glad for. So in conclusion, stay safe, be risk aware, be self-aware, and just be kind to one another. I know that's cheesy, but like this community has gotten so toxic in a lot of little pockets and it's really disheartening and there are kind communities out there and I want to see more of that. That's a selfish ask, but I do. And now daddy, would you please lead us out with a daddy joke? Daddy joke. Sorry. (laughs) Daddy joke. All right. So the fact that germs enter my body without my consent is wrong. And to be honest, it makes me sick.